This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. And welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It is a Monday, and what an eventful weekend we've had here, Matt. Uh, The Senior Bowl wrapping up uh, last week. The Steelers uh, set to hire Terrell Austin as their uh, defensive coordinator. No surprise there. Uh, they wrapped up some uh, some GM interviews last week as well while they were at the Senior Bowl. Uh, should make some coaching hires here. Some start to, the coaching assistant coaching hire should start to heat up as well. Uh, so, lot to talk about. Yeah, lots to talk about. Sounds like you had a successful trip in Mobile. Getting home was a little bit of a uh, issue for you, though. Huh? How how did you uh, how'd you like your first Senior Bowl experience? You know, traveling aside. Uh, it was it was fine. It was good to see all those all the players on the same field and get an opportunity mm-hmm. to to kind of get to 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 see you know to to watch guys next to each other uh, and work against you know similar people and and you know get the first opportunity in some cases to interview some of these guys as well and, and hear them talk and you know get learn a little bit more about their life stories and those kind of things. So again, much like it is for the teams, that's that's as as important as everything that they do down there people always ask me matt and maybe you could explain this better i you know i I kept saying that the practices last week the days leading up to the game were more important than the game itself um why is that well i mean to kind of pull back the curtain i mean like the scouts and gms and coaches they all fly in the night before the weigh-in, and, and they've changed the schedule around a little bit. It's a little more efficient now, to be honest with you. They, they watch the weigh-in and all that, and they start doing stuff behind the scenes. And then there's three full days of practice. And then after that Thursday practice with how it's set up now, the Mobile Airport is just loaded with NFL people leaving. You know, they're all getting out of Mobile because Friday's a walkthrough. Saturday is a game. But they're going to watch the coaches tape of the game. Now, they don't have to be in the stands or in the press box to get that game experience. So they can get home two days earlier, start writing more reports and things that they saw, organizing their thoughts, you know, adding it to already existing reports. But the practices are set up not to make these teams the best they can be on game day on Saturday. It, it's more let's show things to the scouts because, you know, we want to dissimilate between all the quarterbacks here, all the corners. And um, you want to see practice to practice as he gotten better throughout the week. I mean, everyone realizes and it's easy to overlook, but the beginning of the week is just really hard on these guys. I mean, especially the quarterbacks and, you know, this receiver runs a route two yards shorter than he should. I didn't know that. I just met him 10 minutes ago and I threw it to a spot and everyone thinks I'm missing my open guy. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff. So this week, this year in particular, and you can speak this better than me, Tuesday is everyone getting to know each other day. And, but it's a real practice and there's a lot of energy in the room and, you know, people are getting to understand what's expected of them as prospects. And then Wednesday was a big time rainstorm, but they practiced outside anyway. And some handled that better than others. And of course, everyone will focus on the quarterbacks there. And then the third day is Thursday, which I guess the media was not allowed to go to, as you mentioned, that is in in an indoor, but it's also open air. I mean, so there is some wind and things, but it's, you know, a lot of different environments for these guys in a real short amount of time to see how they all handle it. Yeah. And in the meantime, there are interviews taking place, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, each night uh, teams are meeting with guys and, 
and some of those were scheduled for everybody. And then, other, you know, the other ones you would do off script a little bit, maybe you have dinner with some, you know, somebody, that kind right, of right. stuff, um, you know, once they finally got done. So it was, it's a long week um, in, in preparation. Uh, in terms of the game itself, uh, we talked a little bit last week about who stood out at the practices and those kind of things. Did you see anybody in the game that, that really kind of caught your eye and you said, wow, that was pretty good? I'll be honest. I mean, you kind of put me on the spot here. I did watch <laughs> the game in my lazy boy. I watched the first half of the game Saturday. I watched second half of the game Sunday. And I think I want to watch it again, to be honest with you. It, I'm not avoiding the question. It's just it was – again the games get a little sloppy at times and and everyone knows that again that's why the practices are more important 11 on 11 for that many snaps can get a little disjointed and not everyone knows where to go and um i i do think you know willis is a runner certainly stand stood out Uh, a couple of the backs were able to showcase their abilities more obviously in a game situation than practice running backs have a tough go of it in practice to be honest with you Um, so I don't have a lot of answers for you there, but I do think, and it showed up in the game again, that was sort of low scoring. The defensive line is just better than the offensive line. And I think that showed up all week in one-on-ones too. Yeah, I I will say this, you know, I know that, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett went uh, six or six for 89 yards in a a touchdown. Um, and there were some people, well, you know, he underthrew that, that deep ball to to, uh, Christian Watson, yeah, um, yeah. But that was a completely blown coverage and it was supposed to be a corner route and Pickett was Pickett talked about it after the game. He said, I saw, I saw the defensive back fall down and I just didn't want to underthrow him or overthrow him on that. I wanted to make sure we got the chunk that was there. Um, so it was, you know, they were both kind of just winging it and you're talking about a receiver and quarterback who'd probably thrown 15 passes to each other over the course of the week. You know, it's, I think it's, it gets a little backyardish, you know, yeah. like, He's open. I'm going to throw it to him, you know, but I don't, I'm not going to lead him because I don't know if he's on quick running or not. I'm just going to take the safe throw and under throw and make him stop his feet, get a long completion. And I'm happy with that. Cause I don't know this guy. Yeah. You don't know how fast they are. You don't know if he can, you know, if right. you throw, you lay it out there and all of a sudden the guy can't get there and everybody says, well, that was, wow. How, how'd they blow that? Um, you know, right. so there's some of that uh, by the same token, I, I, I'm just going to look, look solely here at the quarterbacks. Um you know, Willis was was two for four for 11 yards throwing the football. I would have liked to have seen more of him. I know. That's the, that was kind of the bad thing about this because they, they – Four throws. Yeah, he got four opportunities. Well, I mean, he ran he ran five times as well. And so, mm-hmm. some, you know, those were opportunities to throw as well. But he still – so, you know, he dropped back to pass nine times and he generated 68 yards or 60, 65 yards. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, fine, you know, but that's yeah. so little, you know, again, the, the games are tough. It, it really is. And again, you don't know. Um, he knows he's going to get yanked at the end of the quarter. And, right. you know, like couldn't it, see the uh, from what you're seeing on the game film, you can't necessarily see when he's dropping back to pass and, and looking um, and then taking off. I don't know where the receivers were on that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> right, right, right. it's tough to judge. OK, was there somebody open or could he have made a throw and thrown somebody open? I don't know until I watch the coach's tape of that. Mm-hmm. And he's got to think, I mean, this is going to sound selfish, but these players aren't playing this game with the same goals as they did in college or they will in the NFL, where the only goal is to win. Like he probably went in that game saying, 
I want to showcase my talents. Three times. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, I mean, should I make a bad play here to a receiver I don't know and try to drive it in there and it might get picked off? Or should I get the easy 10 yards and look good doing it? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. You know, so again, the games are weird because, yeah, they want to win and they're a team, but they're showcase. It's it's almost like baseball coming to the plate and showcasing your individual talents. More yeah, than, I'm going you know to I mean? swing for the fences here. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, everyone's looking at me. So, I, I back to Willis. I mean, I think he's going to be a, a hot topic, obviously, on our show, Steeler Nation, all that. I'm really warming up to him. I think his stock is rising. Um, a couple numbers, and I, I kind of take these with a grain of salt, but I guess since they've been charting them, his miles per hour as a runner was very, very high. I mean, Kyler Murray is the only quarterback that reached a higher miles per hour as a runner than him. And I guess his velocity on his throws is the best they've ever charted at the senior bowl, which is only like three or four years old. They've been doing that. But my, my point is he has immense tools. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, in fact, I, I did a mock draft today on uh, DK Pittsburgh sports huh. uh, where I did a, a seven round Steeler centric mock. Um, and it's tough to do right now because all the picks haven't been set. Obviously the comp picks will come right, out. Right, right. Steelers are, are projected right now to get a four, uh, fourth round draft pick in, in compensatory selections. For some reason, a lot of the mock draft sites out there aren't giving the Steelers a six round pick that they got for Melvin Ingram. Oh, really? Okay. So that's not, so I had to add that in as well. Um, so it gets a little Which dicey. makes you wonder what other picks are getting screwed up out there. Yeah. I mean, you just don't, you just <laughs> right. don't know. I mean, the league will come out here, you know, within the next few weeks with, with the complete draft order. And then you'll know uh, exactly who has what. Uh, some people don't have a set yet, you know. I mean, yeah, and a lot of well, uh, fans need to understand too. A lot of times, like for example, let's let's use the the Ingram trade as an example. You trade a guy mid season or in the middle of the season for a sixth round draft pick. Well, what if Kansas City has two sixth round? Who, draft which one do they get? Yeah, which they one is it? Or or you know things of that there. nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. So point. there's there's always a lot of stuff that needs to come out. That stuff doesn't uh, necessarily come out until the league sends sets out, or sends out its draft order, uh, but. Anyway, so when I did my mock draft, uh, I used a different site than the one we typically use. Uh, I just wanted to try something different. Sure. And they had uh, Pickett and, and Corral were both gone, but Willis was there. Um, but so were like Trevor Penning. So so yeah. was, so was uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, so there were some guys available there that I looked at and go, boy, it's tough to pass on those guys. But I liked Willis, and I like Willis enough as an athlete and what I see from him that I'd be willing to take that shot on him at pick 20 and say, hey, we may his upside's better than any of the other quarterbacks in this draft. I 1,000% agree. And frankly, my attitude towards the Steelers' quarterback issues hasn't changed completely. But if you told me in February that I will swap number 20 for Willis, will you take it yes or no, Matt? The answer is yes. And again, you and I have been doing this a long time. I've been analyzing drafts for as long as I can remember, whether I'm getting paid for it or not. And I just think what's going to happen with this guy is before you know it, he's going to be rumored to Detroit at two, the Giants <laughs> at five and seven, Carolina at six, Atlanta at eight, Denver at nine, Washington at 11. I don't think there's any chance a quarterback with his talents gets to 20 in a draft that is not loaded with high end talent. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I, I I've already gotten a lot of questions. Well, how could you pass on Linderbaum, or how could you pass on on Penning to take the? I'm like, look, I, I, you have a chance to draft a quarterback. You take him, and I think he's he's undervalued. I mean, there were several players that I took that were quote unquote undervalued from mm-hmm. where they were, but I, I they were there and I took them. Um, you know, I <laughs> I want to hear about that in a minute. But it's funny. Someone asked me for a comp on Willis, and everyone's gonna say. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, they look nothing alike, but I think Josh Allen's the comp because they came in the league with immense tools with immense amount of work to do. And if you can give me a prospect that might, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it, turn into a Josh Allen-like difference maker on a five-year contract that is very cheap and I can use that money on linemen and other things. I think that's pretty darn appealing. Yeah. Uh, did you know this, that he went to the same high school as Cam Newton? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's, he has a, a relationship with, uh, with Cam Newton. I, I think there's some comps there with him as well. Although I think yeah. he's, I think he's a better thrower of the football than Cam, but they, Me too. they have a similar st- type build. If, if Willis were six foot Strong. five, like, like Cam Newton, he would be, he'd be six foot five and 250 pounds like Cam Newton. Right, right, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> Battering Ram. I mean, yeah. he is a physical dude that can really run and he's got a huge arm like Newton, like Allen. But I mean, funny, I, I comped Allen to Newton whenever Allen came out. Right. You know, so you know, uh, yeah, those, those are, you know, very shorter uh, version. Yeah. I, I, somebody asked me about that. I said, well, you know, Cam Newton was probably more like a, an F one fifty uh truck. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Willis is more like a uh, Mustang. Yeah. Got the, pow- got the power, the but he also has there, yep. a little bit more speed. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I really like him. I mean, right now, subject to change, he's clearly my number one quarterback for the Steelers or in general. And I think whenever you analyze quarterbacks, you got to swing for the fences. You know, I mean, with all respect to Pickett, I think Pickett's a leadoff walker, a double, where Willis might be a strikeout, but if I hit a home run with him, my team's going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, looking at the other quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, uh, a lot of a lot of the fans that watched the game were impressed with him. He was, to me, almost the least impressive quarterback that yeah. I watched down in, in the senior bowl practices. His ball placement. He's fine. Right. He's, but he's fine. He, he, runs, he runs fine. Uh, he's got speed. I, I don't like his, his size in terms of his – I like his height. But I don't he's built like, like a his, wide receiver. He's built like a wide receiver. He runs yeah. like a wide receiver. Yes, which is nice. Um, which is nice. But his accuracy, he struggles with. And he always has. And it got a little better in this regular season. But there's three throws a game that there's no reason for him to miss. And he flat out misses, you know. And you're right, the ball placement accuracy. It, it, I learned this quick, quickly. Like, one of the things that I did at Pitt was I would make cut up tapes of the different positions. So the position coaches could watch them quickly without having to fast forward all the time in the middle of the season when we would recruit and Walt Harris, our head coach, he was a quarterback guru and he was also our quarterback coach. And I would make cut ups of, you know, uh, here's his 50 best throws I can come up with coach. And he would sit there and Walt would say, wow, he's really accurate. I'm like, well, I don't throw, put the ones that he throws in the second row on here for you, coach. He's like, <laughs> accuracy, Matt, I mean, isn't about completion percentage. He's putting the ball where it needs to be. It's six inches in front of the numbers on the run. 
That's what I mean by accuracy, Matt. Not that he's completing passes. I know you're not putting the bad ones on here. So I'm like, oh, sorry, coach. You know, but Ritter isn't great in that regard. You know, like yeah. there's some nice throws, but he's not consistent with his ball placement, as you mentioned. And that's I think some of scary. that, with, some of that is the, the running quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, don't get their feet as set. Mm-hmm. I think as the true pocket passers. So they're they're throwing a little Rare more. Rare to have both. Yeah, um, you know they're. Hey, oh, I'm I'm gonna run, and then they see something, and they throw it, and their their footwork is off, and the ball sails into the into the first uh, row of the stands or something like that. Uh, but I, I just didn't see it with him consistently all week. I like the I like the young man. Uh, he was a good interview. Yeah, people people rave um, about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seems like a leader. Seems like he has all the quarterback traits in that regard that you would want. Um, uh, you know, very mature, but. I, I just I don't know if you can coach that accuracy in him to to be what you need it to be. And and again, as, as at six three and two hundred and seven pounds, um, you know, if he were two two fifteen two twenty, I would feel much better about it. But he's yeah. not. He's just he's very thin limbed, long and lanky kind yeah. of. And again, kind of a good receiver build. I don't dislike him. I mean, I, and, no, I'm not saying I do either. I might warm up to him. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll say this, you know, on that day that it rained on Wednesday really hard, he was, he probably handled it the best. Okay. He's got 10 inch hands. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, he's long limbed and, and his, the fingers are, you know, he can wrap his hand around the football. Uh, but, you know, he just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's for me. That's uh, hey, kind of my point, too. Yeah. It, some of these guys, I'm starting to, I think this is a question you might want to ask yourself people whenever you start looking at these draft guys and even free agents and stuff like that. And I, I understand that Steelers aren't going to have the pick of the litter of the next quarterback. They're not going to, you know, get a, a total superstar, but would you rather play with Ritter or against him? And I think I'm in the camp. I think I'd rather play against him right now, but, and you mentioned the long limbs. I think that's why he gets a little loosey goosey with his accuracy too. I mean, there's a, there's a little more, you know, his, his strides, not as compact, his, his release isn't as tight. You know, there's a little more room for error with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sam Howell watching him in, in the game really, really made me, he took a couple of sacks in that game where I'm like, okay, you should have known that was coming mm-hmm. holding the football. And then, you know, and one of them was a strip sack. Uh, I believe at least one of them was a strip sack. Um, didn't have a, he was okay in practice. I'm not going to say he was, you know, he was bad. Um, but that gave me some caution. You know, I, I think that, you know, as a smaller quarterback, uh, maybe he doesn't see these things as well. And that caused him to hold the ball just a little bit longer. And well, that's not going to work in the NFL. He's my toughest one right now. Yeah. Part, part of me loves him. You know, that, right. He's a really good downfield passer and tough. he's tough as can be. And I know he's not a great runner, but he'll do anything to get that extra yard. And he's physical and he's a very good runner, not a great runner. You know, he's not going to juke you out of the shoes, but he's fast. He throws the ball. Well, I do think some of that pocket presence stuff is very real. I also think that there's a chance that he could be a try to do too much type of guy at times yeah. too. And this, the ability to see things, if he's a see it and throw it passer as opposed to an anticipatory passer and he sees it a little late, that's a bad formula. As you mentioned, 
But part of me thinks if, if the Steelers take him the first round of 20, I might get it. You know, I mean, I, I really am struggling with my evaluation. I like him sometimes a ton. And then sometimes I go, ah, he's a second rounder. <laughs> I'm with you. And yeah. In many ways, you're about, you know, you think that way with, with several of these guys in this draft. Right. You know, there's just, there's just, there's no slam dunk. Um, you know, oh, that guy's got to be a top 10 pick. Right. I just, and I think Willis will be looked at in that light before long if he isn't already as there's just too much here to pass on. He has to go early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carson Strong and uh, Bailey Zappi were the other two quarterbacks in the game. Um, more, I had no expectations for Zappi, but I wanted more from Strong. Yeah, I did too. I, you know, I, I didn't think he played real well in the game. He made, no. he made one pretty good throw stepping up in the pocket uh, where he hit a guy over the middle for about a, about a 12 yard gain, threw it into a tight window. But um, it was kind of more what you saw during the week. Like he, he took shots down the field, but he didn't complete them. Um, just wanted so much more from him. He moved better than what I think was advertised for him. Uh, he does have, he's not a statue. He does right. have he does have some ability to move and slide in the pocket uh, and do those kind of things. But uh, man, I wanted this. I, I was expecting more. He has a strong arm, but um, yeah, you know, he screamed second round to me. Yeah, you know, like I was hoping he would be the guy that stepped up huge in this environment, threw the ball better than anybody, throwing lasers all over the field, cutting through the wind and weather. And he didn't not do that, but he didn't make me go. That's the guy I have to have either. Yeah. Could he be this year's Davis Mills? Yeah. Yeah. And you mean that as a compliment, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, could he yeah. be the guy that goes a little bit later that, you know, gets into the right kind of situation and, be and becomes a, you know, somebody that the team looks at as a starter? Sure. I think I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I, 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 you know, thought that maybe he would push his way into the end of the first round this week. And I just didn't see that happening. Yeah, again, my thoughts very well change on all these guys, including Strong. But I'm not sure Strong, from a Steeler perspective, gets me far enough past Rudolph to make right. not taking an alignment with that pick or right. even in the second round. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree. And, uh, well, Zappi, um, well, he does some nice things. Uh, I, I, he didn't change my opinion. He's, he has career backup written all over him. Um, I bet he lasts a long time. And, and will last a, lot a of long money. time. He seems yep. like a smart kid. Uh, gets it, knows what he is, uh, doesn't try to, to be something that he's not. But, yeah. Um, if he yeah. turns into Gardner Minshew, he should be happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? and whatever team drafts him, if they take him in the – you know, it's this is the thing. If you knew – like, for example, if the Jaguars knew that Gardner Minshew was going to be Gardner Minshew, they would have, they would have drafted him in, in the second or third round. Of course. They, would, they wouldn't have waited. What was he, a sixth-round draft pick? They wouldn't have waited. I mean, Mitch would be a first rounder if he came out now. If you yeah, know right. you, you know, it, it, everybody says, well, the, you know, the Patriots got Tom Brady in the sixth round. Well, look, if the if the Patriots knew Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady, if, if the league knew Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady, he would have went number one overall. Of course, that year, no, no, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean everybody, you just don't know. One hundred ninety eight picks screwed up. You know, is really the way to look at that. And then they locked into him. The other thing too about quarterbacks that not everyone thinks about is what is there eight to 12 of them drafted every year. And right. there's a lot of teams that aren't going to take a quarterback. And they know that when the, when the uh, draft starts, you know, that their plan is 
we got enough, our room's full. We're not in that market unless a first round guy falls to the third round, which isn't, you know, going to happen. So once you fall, there's not as many spots. It's like starting centers. Like there's only 32 of them are kickers, you know, like all of a right. sudden we're not going to just take one, like an offensive lineman or it's a just, DB in the second The year round. Washington took two when they Strange. took, they took, yeah, Griffin and, and Cousins. Nobody does that. <laughs> Nobody does that. Actually, the Niners took two the Brady year. They took Retay and Carmazzi. Yeah. So not only did they passed on Brady, but they passed on him twice. Right. So for quarterbacks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. <laughs> 